Ladies and gentlemen, we promise we bring back Dan O'Brien to continue to talk about the 76ers and other things in the world. Uh, here we go. Dan O'Brien, two times in one week. Count yourself amongst the lucky. He's a hell of a pundit. Theme song coming your way. Filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster, Filibuster Freestyle. All right, ladies and gents, twice in a week, like I told you, an amazing feat for Dan O'Brien. Probably not an amazing feat for one of the two basketball teams involved in the Celtics Sixers series because we said we would come back when a team was on the verge of elimination. Or eliminated in this case. And uh, 76ers, you were right, Dan. Uh, and I know it's your team, so I have no reason to gloat. But take, take a bow that you called correctly that your team was not ready for prime time as they were currently constructed in the bubble. And they lost yeah. to the Celtics in four games, which, again, you, you basically called you called a, four days ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. this is the podcast that nobody's clamoring for, is to unpack the, the Sixers... Um, I wouldn't even call it self-destruction because it's like uh, every Sixers fan saw this coming a mile away. Um, they they weren't in it. The coaching, uh, they had lost the support of the coach. The, then their our first or second best player got hurt, but that's no excuse. Celtics lost Gordon Hayward, but uh, the team just didn't like each other. They didn't gel. The most frustrating part about it is they were a better team two years ago. And then they went out and traded all their assets and spent hundreds of millions of dollars, and they're worse off for it. And they're kind of starting over right now. And that's why everybody's super frustrated. And, yeah, that's it. And I, I don't even know where to go from here. It's just uh, everybody's not distraught because, like like you said, we, we saw it coming, but it's just so depressing uh, to watch that team play. Well, it's almost like... they when you, hit, you hit on this the other day. They, the, the Sixers... Stumbled upon a great idea, which was to suck on purpose for an elongated amount of time. The city of brotherly love fandom bought in and was mm-hmm. like, "You know what? You're ta- At least you're telling us the truth. You're planning to suck, and it's gonna work." The and NBA, the yeah, yeah, the NBA stepped in, said, "No, have the Colangelos instead." And somehow, the Colangelos and the ownership group, and I'll get into it in a second. But I was hearing some postmortems on ESPN this morning. People who has a lot of decision makers, almost too many decision makers in the Philadelphia 76ers front office right now. So the bottom line is you told everybody what you were going to do. It, it, it worked, and then actually the team got better, so it worked. And then when you actually tried hard, the people in charge were so inept that actually you got exactly what you were not trying to do, which is a mediocre basketball team at best. Yeah, a mediocre, mapped-out basketball team. Um, Which is the worst place to be in the NBA, literally. Exactly. No money to spend, uh, and you have all this money tied up. You have $150 million tied up on Tobias Harris. Uh, Over the next five years, you have $100 million in Horford for the next three years after this. You have justifiably $100 million in Joel Embiid. You got it at a discount, actually, because he had been hurt, and you know he has injury histories. But and they clearly—it's just—I would rather rather watch a team that really enjoys playing with each other, um, as an exciting uh, and likes each other, and have them like you know go and then ultimately lose, than just watch this team of you know high-paid stars for the most part, or presumable, hopeful potential stars. 
who are just like going through the motions and don't care for each other, don't like their coach, everybody's fed up and can't wait to get home. Yeah, and again, a year ago, you're four bounce buzzer beater away from beating the team that eventually wins the championship. And obviously, there is an injury to Simmons and others. But yeah, the whole idea of doubling down on, you know, Harris and you lost Jimmy Butler. So it's like, let's pay for Al Horford, who's completely redundant part to Joel Joel Embiid. But you gave him big money to be that redundant part. Four years. I mean, wow. What a mess. And nobody wants to hear it here. No, no, no. But, but, but I mean, I just want to say that every once in a while, people are like, why do you have pundits on? And it's because my pundits are right, people. <laughs> Dan was like, this won't be a thing. This won't be a series. The Sixers are a joke. We, or they're not, not a joke. They're not, no, not going to get it done. And we all know it. And none of us even care anymore. And I mean, the amount of tweets coming out of Philly, even your, your boy John Gonzalez, spelled yeah. John, um, J-A-W-N, which is a Philly term of everything, yeah. Uh, he said something the other day relative to, and you said this too. I mean, Philly's a basketball town, and everybody's watching the Flyers. Yeah, and that's we the, historically Philadelphia is especially when you know growing up in Boston, it, people are the really big fans of the Bruins. Flyers fans, there are like a hundred or like eighty thousand hardcore Flyers fans in Philadelphia, and then everybody else is like casual to root for them if they're in the playoffs. Um, you know, or you know, mild, mildly interested. And I count myself in the fan, but again, like I mentioned before, I don't even know how to skate. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, you like uh, you like you like the hockey, but you you're yeah, not- I root every year, but you know, I don't really know. Uh, but everybody always loves the Sixers, uh, and it's just totally flipped. And it's because you know, that's I like Joel Embiid. I like their coach Brett Brown. I, I think Tobias Harris is actually a really good person. What I saw in the some he was doing some really good stuff but they it's just so joyless to watch this team play together and I think one of the biggest indicators that this team is just has a hole in that chemistry or coaching or whatever I don't know if I mentioned it last time is that I think they were there this is a team with multiple like you know Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid whoever you know you can say one of the top two player combinations in the league if they're clicking, if they're both healthy, you would think. Um, and one of the great, like, you know, foundations for a team. And it's surrounded by other all-stars and, you know, a lot of money put into it. This team was 10 games under 500 on the road, um, which just shows that, you know, they don't travel well. They're not coached well. It's just, it's just so... Uh, and it really set that sets up really bad for the bubble because, I mean, everybody's on the road, but, but also nobody's at home. So that's... Yeah. And some some announcement did say it. The team was like twenty nine and five, or whatever the record was, twenty nine and ten, or something, whatever it was before before the coronavirus pandemic hit. So, well, RIP to the Sixers. Um, yeah, congratulations to the Celtics. Though credit where it's due, they did a great job. They did what they had to do. They have a solid team. They're well coached. They're everything the Sixers are. The big issue for the Celtics is they can't rebound and. They get a team with a little bit more heart, which will be the Toronto Raptors. Uh, it could be a tough series for them, but anyway, and that's going to be a fun series. That'll be interesting. And the Celtics, the Celtics might be worse off for having done this buzzsaw through the Sixers and then having having it not be terribly competitive over four games. Um, they could kind of take it easy and win fairly simply. Uh, and you know, the Ra- uh, the Raptors didn't really. 
I don't think they went out of their way too much, but they've been battle tested these last year or two. Um, I think they're ready to go, and they, it might be a slow start for the Celtics. I predict. Yeah, I don't know. The Celtics will get by the Raptors, but that's okay. Um, so let's do the Flyers real quick. Second round, exciting. Last time we talked, it wasn't done yet. They beat the Canadians. They've got the Islanders. It's a divisional rivalry matchup. First games, I think, tonight or tomorrow night. How's everybody feeling about that? 7 p.m., it's literally the only light in the city of Philadelphia right now is the Philadelphia Flyers. So there's a lot, lot riding on this. Um, you know, people's trash hasn't been picked up in months. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the national condition being what it is, school is about to start fully virtually in the city. Um, and our basketball team stinks. So our baseball team stinks. Football, you know, we're excited, but you know, I'll believe it when I see it when that starts. So the Flyers, as a release and as an outlet, a positive outlet, we're really excited and nervously excited uh, for the Flyers. But it's fun. Well, I do wish uh, I wish them well against the Islanders, and uh, I wish that your your recycling guys would show up. That's what I wish. I appreciate that. You know, it's, it's they're small. I set my bar low uh, for wishes. Sure. Um, but the Islanders, yeah, they, they sort of. The Flyers play the Islanders. I couldn't name one Islanders player. You know, they haven't... I, I didn't even know that the Islanders were good again. They've been bad for so many consecutive decades now. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm sure it'll be a really good matchup. Uh, I don't, the Flyers didn't look great in their first round against the Canadians, and that's a tribute partially to the Canadians, but also I think there are some underperformance uh, issues that hopefully can be resolved in the second round. But unlike... The Sixers, the Flyers have a great coach in uh, Alain Vignol, they call him AV, and uh, they all seem to like each other and get along, and it is, again, the opposite of watching the Sixers. So even if there's a loss, it will stink, it'll stink for the city, we'll, you know, we'll rebound and, and uh, pivot and find something else. I think the Union are coming back. You got that going for you. Yeah, so that's something. Yeah, all right, let's play a little game, and then maybe we'll get into some... Uh... We'll get into some um, Champions League postmortem as well from yesterday's game. What the hell? Real quick, but before we do that, I'm gonna let's do a little word association. Maybe this was not planned. Uh, places listening, I will tell you the country. You can either make a comment or say pass. Okay. Why not? Right. All right. Okay. So right. number one country listening. No, eight months in a row. France. France, fantastic. You're, they have terrible rock music, which we've uh, covered on the four previous uh, okay. uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's fair. All right, number two, USA. All right, okay. Uh, um, big fans. Big fans. Number yeah. three, Canada. Huge fan of Canada right now. I think Canada's market value has really skyrocketed these last five months or so uh, as far as just what they're doing up there, the, the quality of people. The entire they're hosting the entire NHL right now between Edmonton and Toronto, which I love. Amazing. Yeah, if you ever get go to the uh, Fairmont Hotel in, in Toronto, they make an amazing martini there. I'll tell you. How about it's that? Great, yeah, Toronto's a great food town too. I have to say, very eclectic food. Uh, I appreciate it. But anyway, Canada, glad to have you. All right, so Canada's looking good. Belgium. Belgium, never been. Have you? I have actually. I spent I spent a, about twenty four hours in Belgium once on my way between Frankfurt, Germany, and Amsterdam. Spent a day in Brussels and a night in Brussels with the, uh, my buddy Bob. Actually, we we both thought that that was the most underrated 
place on the trip. We kind of booked it as like a place to be in the middle of two long train rides. And instead we said, man, we wish we had an extra day or two here. Brussels was great. Belgium was beautiful. Food was awesome. Beer was great. Saw cool little like, musicians in the square, whatever. It was good. I want to go back. Yeah, for I mean, as small as the country and as small as like a geopolitical footprint as they have right now, yeah, they do a lot of things really well and have for uh, you know thousands of years or you know fifteen hundred. Yeah, several several hundred, dozens yeah. of hundreds of years. So I'm gonna skip number five because we don't talk what? about we don't talk about them. Number no. six, the United Kingdom, UK. I spent a, had a layover there last year, uh, twenty four hours. It was lovely. All right, we'll go to Spain, number seven. Spain, can't wait to go. Oh, it's the Maybe. best. Potentially. It's just the best. It's yeah, so- if everything works out well, my son, uh, you know, they basically sell vacation packages connected to uh, the uh, sports teams. Yep. But son got offered to go to Real Madrid soccer camp over there, uh, and not because he's fantastic, but because they want to try to gouge us for money, and I'm a sucker, so I will happily Do go. it. Do it. All yeah. right. Let's skip around a little. I got a couple interesting ones. Uh, El Salvador, anything there? No, all I know about El Salvador is, you know, there's a tough civil war about in, in the 80s, I believe. And, yes. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think it's great down there right now. Uh, we haven't heard much about immigrant caravans in the last year or two. But, uh, you know, I'm rooting for them. They seem like lovely people. Absolutely. And then a couple, I know I got a couple really interesting ones here. Um, but I'm going to skip those too because I think it's I think it's their clandestine services listening. But I will give benefit of the doubt to this country. I actually would love to go to this place. Actually, surprisingly great basketball for a small country, Lithuania. Oh yeah, they hosted the balls, Lamelo Ball and uh, Leangelo Ball. They, they, That's right, they, and Lavar Ball. Yeah, they sound. It sounds like a really cool country. Yeah, I get. I like- I can get behind that. All right, cool. So that's our places <laughs> listening. We skipped a few places on purpose. I bet Lithuania is probably in that mix too. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know, like, I know a couple of the, the three that I skipped on purpose. I skipped a couple other ones too, but I skipped three on purpose. So put it that way. Huh. Maybe a fourth actually. I skipped four on purpose. <laughs> two in Eastern Europe, two in the Middle East. I'm glad you're listening. Thank you for listening. Middle East. Really talk about. I can expand. Well, Dan, you did spend a lot of time in Jordan, and we respect that. Uh, the places listening in the Middle East were Iran and Saudi Arabia. So, anything to say to those folks who are listening there? Well, I'll tell you, they are not listening together. I know that. Uh, not big fans of each other. Um, but no, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has a ton of expats, so it could be uh, some, some expats listens to. Uh, to stuff Iran who knows but Iran did you ever see Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations episode in Iran I did not fantastic it makes you want to go like you know it, Listen, it, it sounds like as long as you're not like from the United States uh, it could be a lovely place to go I think even beside you know listen their government uh, questionable I've, I've you know uh, well, what the heck do I know I'm sitting over here in Philadelphia but you know the government I seem, seems we've been at odds with my entire life correct so, it just when seems like a diplomatic about, issue. Yeah. When you're talking about food and, like, history. Yeah, and nice. Co- yeah, I'm sure nice people, great food, ton of history, probably a very beautiful place. I'm uh, sure it's a grand slam. I'd love to go. And you know, what's sad is, like, the only, thing I, the only thing I know about Iran is from the, uh, what's that Bravo show, uh, where they have the Iranians that oh, live in California. The Shahs of Sunset. 
Tons of, yeah, I don't want that to be my representative th- uh, you know, thought of when no, I No, I would say that's a very small sample size. Yeah, and not necessarily uniform to what the uh, the population is like currently. Uh, and I would love, you know, shout out to the Iranian people. I Absolutely, like people. shout out to the Iranian people. Listen, if whoever's listening in Iran is, Iran is a citizen or an expat somehow of the U.S. or, you know, as long as you're not clandestine services, shout out to you. Pour some out. Whatever you want to do, we respect it. And if you have a professional soccer team that you'd like to invite my son to, I will be gouged for money and send him over there to play with your, your youngsters. Absolutely. I, I have seen those commercials for tours and stuff, and it's good to know they're going the youth camp route too. All right, let's yeah. end it with Champions League. So yesterday I felt that the first 56 minutes of the game was PSG and Bayern Munich waiting for the other team to make a mistake and playing not to lose. Is that fair? Yeah, and I – yeah. Uh, I think part of that is just because they're just not usually when you get to the Champions League everybody's at their peak either conditioning like they um, you know generally when it's done in the spring everybody's ready to go they're, they're running at 100% now with the stops and starts of the season it was a little different everyone's a little sheepish uh, and they didn't have as, mon- as many games leading up to it um, so yeah it took them a while to feel each other out and I think also it's just the both here, at least PSG, is just very top heavy in that they have a couple of these superstars um, and there's a heavy reliance on them. And if uh, Bayern Munich can shut them down a little bit, then they have a really well rounded team, it seems. Um, if they can shut them down, then PSG doesn't really have much. Yeah, and the thing about Bayern Munich is they just give you so few chances to kind of run the ball up the field, and actually get a clean shot off on goal. That makes sense. And, uh, yeah, PSG, had a, especially as they and they went down in the 58th minute on a really nice header by, I believe, Komen, number 29. I watched the game this morning again. That's why I can remember oh, it. Oh, wow. Oh, look at you. Very and, impressive. And uh, the bottom line is, once they were up a goal, it was it, it, they went back to, like, okay, PSG, you got to beat us. And I think defensively and in the midfield, Bayern Munich's probably as good as anybody. I believe they're the first team to ever go through the entire Champions League without a loss. So that tells you everything you need to know. I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, Bayern's in the quarterfinals or whatever, and I started, like, paying attention to who was in it. I was waiting to see, like, who's there, who's there in Neymar, who's there in Mbappe, or, you know, whatever big step signings they've had. I'm like, oh god, Tom Muller is still on that team, and Lewandowski, or like. And they're still guys. both really good. They're really effective. It's amazing. They've just been playing there for a while. They've been playing with the, that team. Has been, you know, in and out. Who, who's the other guy? The uh, Botang. Like God, he's still on the team. You know, they've all been. They're just solid. And you, like you said, they don't give up a lot of chances. You might get two good chances a game if you're really good. Right. Um, and if you don't capitalize on them, that's it. You're yeah, not and you have to. And that's the thing. If PSG had gone up. You know, again, it's easy to say, but like, you know, then, then Byron's got to get a little loose and then maybe PSG scores a yeah, second. Mm-hmm. But if they're playing with a lead and it's, you know, the last 30 minutes of the game. Yeah. And so there's this very surgical, non-exciting, you know, basically most of the game was just a, a non-exciting game. But you know what? With all the marbles on the, on the table, you're not going to play a four to three thriller if you don't have to. Now, you know what's cool to see at the end is because uh, – I don't, it was underwhelming, uh, but I don't think that had anything to do with playing in an empty stadium. Because um, I don't mind watching soccer when they pipe in the crowd noise. No, 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 no. Yeah, enjoy it. I, on the field, I'm sure it's a little different, but I bet they've gotten used to it uh, at this point. But after they lost, like I was, 
this seemed like sort of like an, it's an unusual Champions League. It seems like it's a little strange and weird, but you know the way Bayern Munich celebrated it, you could tell like this was as as important as any other year. And then it was, I thought it was really. I was kind of surprised to see like Neymar crying on the field after the loss. I was like, God, this guy's been through, you know, World Cups and Champions Leagues before and all this stuff. And, you know, he's still, the fact that this is like being done in August, it's sort of like being rushed through. There's no crowd. Yeah. And it, it was still as important uh, to everybody. I thought it was pretty interesting. That um, was great. Yeah. I mean, again, because Neymar was right there to be basically be like, this is my team. We want it. First time ever, and, and Mbappe, and, and you know, I don't know how long those two. Not that they don't get along, I have no idea, but I don't know how long they coexist as like whose team is it, and one guy's slightly yeah. older than the other, and but like the mission of PSG, just like the mission of Man City, with the money they have behind them, is you know we're new money and we're not going to be legitimate until we win Europe, even if even if we've come so far, and you know PSG was right there, so yeah, you can see it. Neymar was being consoled. By a really kind member of Bayern Munich, who instead of celebrating with his teammates, had like an extra long session with Neymar. Really nice, really nice moment, I guess. I don't know. He's probably just for a jersey switch. Like that. Probably. Yeah, now that you slobbered all of my jersey, can I have yours, Neymar? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, anyway, you know, Champions League in the books, finally, the 2020, 2019 20 soccer season is finally, finally, finally over. And right. uh, ironically enough, we've already started Champions League qualifying and like, Certain leagues that were cut off in April have all begun for the 2021 campaign. So we're pretty much going directly into soccer, with the exception of the pandemic. Sports is here, which is which is the only one of the only silver lines we have right now. Yeah, exactly. For those for those cities, uh, for sports fans in cities whose teams are all uniformly performing terribly, I sympathize with you. I'm I'm with you. I'm one of you. Uh, outside of the Flyers, but you know the Flyers are end soon, um, and uh, you know maybe we can start uh, reading books or something, or or pick a team in, in the soccer league in another country who is not uh, going through a, a uh, elongated pandemic recovery uh, like we are. Um, yeah, go ahead and do that. It's actually very fun. It's very easy. It's very fun. No big deal. All right, Dan. Well, great, great games. Yeah, great, great job today. I feel like, uh, again, you were wildly ac- accurate about your basketball team, which goes to show that you're, you know, though you love them and you're passionate, you're also a stand-up guy. Yeah. Um, I, keep an eye out for yourself and all the listeners. We are, For the other shoes to drop, post this horrible Sixers performance. Uh, the coach, Brett Brown's going to get fired. He's a lovely man. Um, just, you know, his time has come and gone, and we need a new coach. Uh, one of the fun things coming out today, the day after their series sweep, is everybody in the Sixers front office is uh, doing unnamed sources reports and uh, besmirching Brett Brown right now. So he gets fired and they save their jobs. But um, all other Philadelphia sports fans are hoping the entire front office of the Sixers gets fired. Well, we're here to see what happens. Uh, so that's we are here to see what happens. Did you catch that? I did. I caught all of it. Yeah. So you're hoping the whole front oh, office gets fired. Yeah, that's it. So that's all I have. In a nutshell. Thanks for having me on, I really. Absolutely. Yeah. Stick around for a minute. We will catch up. Everybody else, Filibuster Freestyle. It's Dan O'Brien. Filibusterfreestyle.com. For the love of God, subscribe. SoundCloud, Spotify, Deezer. List goes on. Take care, everybody. And to the Sixers, better luck next year. Screw you. <laughs> all right. So once again, our thanks to Dan O'Brien for coming on. As always, a great pundit. Tell us it like it is. 
Um, we did talk a little soccer at the end there. If you caught that, make sure you check out last 10 minutes of a great game podcast. We covered a lot of do or die soccer here in the summer months as the leagues came back and the tournaments came back after COVID-19. Also, a lot of background noise there for Dan. I'm not sure what it was. It sounded like plates or metal or something. It didn't seem to bother him. So who knows what it was? But, you know, you got to acknowledge the elephant in the room. There was definitely some background noise there. Just telling you like it is because we like to tell it like it is. Thanks again, folks.